93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. This city is my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here, I got it made here, and if I have my way, I'm gonna stay here. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Glad that you have tuned in this weekend. Uh, very pleased to welcome to the Eagle Studios my good friend and uh, the president of Indovac Animal Health right here based in Columbia, Missouri, Steve Conor. Steve, how are you? Good morning, Fred. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing great. Well, it's great to have you here. And I, um, uh, Indovac is an interesting story. Uh, it's a company that's been around now 40 years. And I would say that a very small percentage of the population... Uh, even though it's world headquarters, is right here in Columbia, Missouri, know much about it. So we're going to talk about that. But let's start off and, and just tell folks a little bit about your background, uh, your career path. And, and uh, you grew up on a cattle, a dairy farm up in Maryville, Missouri, right? I did. that, Which uh, is good experience for what you're currently doing. <laughs> that's that's true. But I, I think for the for the uh, mm. listeners who remember last time I was on your show, I'm, yeah. I'm looking for Kevin to come through the door for <laughs> some kind of surprise announcement here. For yeah, <laughs> we were interviewing Kevin Sprouse, uh, who is uh, one of the f- uh, members of the family that owns uh, Indivac. And uh, he decided to use this opportunity to... Uh, promote you to president of the company right here on the air so yeah. that was a nice surprise uh, for uh you and all of our listeners i knew it of course and i can keep a secret just that's proof uh but uh yeah and then we went over to your headquarters and and there was a nice reception waiting for you after that that it, radio show it was it was a fun day so yeah. hopefully uh hopefully today will be just as fun but thanks <laughs> thanks again for having me back fred um yeah, I grew up on a dairy farm in northwest Missouri, uh, which dovetails nicely to the position that I'm in now. Skidmore, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Pickering. <laughs> You're thinking of Ken Rex McElroy, Fred. Uh, All right. I so, always, when someone tells me they're from the Maryville area, so oh, you're just from Skidmore. And, yeah. and they really take great offense at that for some reason. So, anyway. Yeah, the, I kept reading, when I was reading that book, I just kept waiting for uh, the Kenor Dairy Farm to show up in there. But, but yeah. no, I, I uh, had a chance to, uh, I have a great life with uh, my mom and dad and family there, and and uh, then had a chance to come to the University of Missouri. The funny thing is, Fred, I was at an FFA contest when I was a senior mm-hmm. in high school uh, here in Columbia, and actually won the uh, field judging contest, which was a five hundred dollars scholarship at that point in time. Wow, which was enough to uh, get me to the University of Missouri. And yeah, uh, and yeah. so things have changed a little bit. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit. But yeah. for for me, it gave me the uh, gave me the opening to probably uh, my career in multiple areas and the connections that I made through the University of Missouri. Yeah. So graduated with an ag- agriculture economics uh, degree. Thought I was going to go back to the dairy farm, Fred, but then I realized uh, weekends off was a good thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's coll- good to have your weekends. College, yeah. college did teach me that. Yeah. And uh, so from there, I had a chance to go work for Jack Danforth on his reelection campaign in 1988, and uh, met a lot of uh, interesting people uh, from from that. And Jack Danforth was, uh, uh, I, I think highly of him he's a a great individual and and just uh was was great to me uh personally had the chance though from there to go to work for monsanto again sticking with Mm. the ag theme yeah uh did that for Mm. a year and then senator bond uh, needed a ag legislative assistant in washington dc 
then I had the opportunity to go to D.C. for five years and serve as his uh, uh, legislative assistant. Again, just a, another great leader, individual. I've been so blessed throughout my life to have great leaders and mentors yeah. and, and people who've probably taken pity on me but have, have really uh, worked with me and uh, just taught me so much. And so, You know, Washington, D.C. is a, a very bad place to be, but it's a great place to live, isn't it? I mean, it's really, uh, to me, the quality of life, and I, I lived there for a little while, is, is outstanding. I mean, just really, it's a neat place to live if you don't have to deal with all the politics. Yeah, but I would say that whenever I was there, honestly, Fred, politics were I don't want to say they were different, but they were different. Certainly the individuals yeah. that I had the chance to work with when mm. both Senator Bond and Dan Forth. Yeah, two statesmen. Uh, are, are just a little bit different. And times are different now. Maybe that's because of social media or whatever the reason mm-hmm. is. Um, but, you know, there was many a times that uh, we, we might be riding up the elevator with Senator Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, super friendly. Always, yeah. always enjoyed uh, Senator Bond's company. Unless you uh, went for a ride with them, then it wasn't so friendly. No. <laughs> So, but, but anyway, a different time. And, yeah. and so, uh, we enjoyed our time there, but then had the chance to come back to, uh, the University of Missouri and mm-hmm. work with, uh, Roger Mitchell, who was the dean hmm. of the College of Agriculture. At yeah. that point in time, he had an wow. idea to. Another statesman. Yeah. He was, uh, just loved Roger. He was, he was a great individual, great dean for the, for the college, um, and learned so much from him. And so, like I said, I was, I was blessed with a lot of great leaders. Yeah, that's great. So it, it led you, um, uh, so you have all of this legislative background and, and, uh, you understand ag because you grew up on a, on a dairy farm. Uh, you dealt with, uh, ag legislation, uh, while serving. Then you came back and, and you kind of rose through the ranks, uh, handling legislative affairs for the University of Missouri. How many university presidents did you serve, uh, during your tenure at the university? <laughs> well, five permanent presidents and three interim. Wow. Five and, permanent. So eight different people running the university, uh, on your, on your watch. Yeah. Are you going to make me? go through the list no okay. but it's, it's, i don't want to because there may be some tra- trauma there and i don't want to <laughs> i don't want any ptsd coming yeah off in the studio here but it's yeah i i mean it's that's amazing when you think about how different those personalities were uh you probably learned to work with almost just about any any type of person i would guess well yeah you know what again i i wouldn't trade those it was 20 years that i had the opportunity to work with those presidents mm-hmm. each of them were uh very good leaders in my opinion in their own right yeah. Um, you know, and so Manuel Pacheco hired me. Uh, that's a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, sure is. Um, but he was a he was the uh, first president. He was a solid president. Uh, enjoyed him very much. Elson Floyd uh, was a charismatic uh, president yeah. as you would yeah. ever find. Great human know. being. Great human being. Um, Gary Forsey, obviously being the president of uh, Sprint and yeah. then coming here. Uh, you know, this, a little culture shock, maybe. <laughs> a little culture shock, but yeah. you know what? He, the, the University of Missouri system at that point in time, 25,000 employees, uh, you know, 56,000 in the whole system as students. Yeah. The job was not too big for him. I yeah. mean, he was used to dealing with that. I learned so much from him just from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. Really, all the, I won't go through all of them, but I, each one of them, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to sit in those rooms and learn about different finance situations at the university or HR issues or IT issues yeah. or you, you name it. Yeah. Uh, and it's served me well to be able to take those skill sets that I learned to, to end back. And so I was very fortunate for yeah. those 20 years to be yeah. able to do that. So tell people what, uh, end is all about. Uh, you, uh, this was quite a professional transition for you, but, 
Uh, this is a company that's celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. Talk a little bit about, well, first of all, tell us what the company is and then how the company got started. Yeah, so it's it's actually a hometown great story, mm-hmm. uh, if people know about it. So uh, in 1983, the Sprouses, uh, Ron and Dorothy Sprouse, along with uh, the Garners, uh, Harold Garner was a DVM, uh, Dr. Sprouse was working at the university. He and was a DVM is a doctor of veterinary medicine. Correct. Yes. Right. Sorry. And, and Dr. Sprouse, Ron Sprouse, uh, he's an MD, PhD, uh, in immunology from the university. Hmm. Uh, they got, uh, a grant from, uh, the American Quarter Horse Society and Anheuser-Busch. They were having some issues with their Clydesdales. Wow. And so this, that's kind of the foundation of the, the, start of their technology that they came up with Mm -hmm. and they were able to then take it and put it into the marketplace so Indovac Animal Health which originally was MVAC when it first started Mm -hmm. uh, in 1983 um, and and since then we've changed our name to Indovac uh, had grown out of just basically that technology that those two individuals uh, created at the University of Missouri. And so without getting too technical, they they created a a serum, is that correct? That would um, keep uh, equine from from getting a certain type of disease? Is that what it was? So two two products. One is a a vaccine uh, products, and that is our mainstay flagship Mm -hmm. product to this day. And then also a serum product. Uh, that basically, uh, at that point in time, Fred, if there's an animal, uh, that was severely ill, it would, uh, help the animal recover quickly. Yeah. We discontinued that product, mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago just to concentrate on our flagship product. Yeah, the today. vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of run through the list of the, the type of animals, the species that you are currently creating vaccines for. Yeah. So we have four, four main. So now with our, uh, no longer doing serum, we have four main products. So mm-hmm. that's uh, dairy, beef, uh, porcine, which is swine, mm-hmm. and equi, which is horses. Okay. So uh, dairy, beef, horses, and cows. So, p- pigs. Pigs, 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 pigs. pigs. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So how does Indovac stack up? I mean, where, where is it? Like in in the the industry that within that you operate within, um, is is Indovac considered one of the top companies mid-range? What tell me where where we you'll find Indovac? Well, so first of all, and and you have to go by market segments. Yeah, and so yeah. when you look at the market segment, as in dairy, as an example, yeah. we only are in uh, a very small segment of uh, of that market completely. In our segment, we are the preeminent uh, product when it comes to dairy mastitis, uh, and we compete against. Companies like Zoetis, Merck, uh, wow. Boring and Ingelheim, yeah. huge companies that are, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. Now, yeah. they're not making that, you know, they have multiple, multiple products. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to mastitis in the in the dairy cow, you guys have the number one product. We do. Yeah. We do. We, that's cool. We, we have the, and that's our flagship product. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, mainly, if you think about it, most of our uh, animals, particularly in the dairy industry, uh, those animals are stressed. Um, and so they're looking for a product like ours that's going to help the animal be healthier. Uh, it's not an antibiotic and it's, we vaccinate mm-hmm. to prevent. Uh, and so therefore, uh, your animal's going to be healthier, uh, to fight off any kind of illness that comes in. Obviously, as Americans, we're very well 
experience with that over the last several years yeah. of taking vaccines to try to fight off, uh, you know, either a virus or something else. And that's the same thing with animals. So if you're not going to, if you're trying to get rid of antibiotics, uh, which is where the industry is going, uh, then you've got to try to prevent and that means... And that's through a vaccination. Yeah. And okay. that means having a healthier animal. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So talk about the last 40 years. What, what are some of the milestones that, that uh, I remember when I was a county commissioner touring your, your old facilities? And, and I was pretty shocked, to be honest with you, that anything got done in those facilities and, and that uh, you guys were a preeminent anything uh, based on the facilities. Now, uh, what's happened out there today... Uh, a few years ago is a a world of difference, but you know, Doctor Sprouse and and you know they built up a heck of a company. It looks like they have, and I think Doctor Sprouse, Ron and Dorothy uh, started the like I said, they started the company in 1983. They committed to keeping it a family owned business. They didn't sell it probably whenever they had opportunities to. Yep. yep. Uh, and so they kept it right here, locally owned and and family owned, and so they did that through uh, you know the first. I guess, 20 years of uh, just, you know, consistently working hard, growing the business and doing those kinds of things. Um, and then in, in 2012, uh, Kevin Sprouse became the majority owner mm-hmm. um, and he took great strides. And he uh, was Ron and Dorothy's uh, youngest son, is that that's correct? That's correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And and he took great strides, I'd say, in, in 2012. Uh, at that point in time, Fred, we had one uh, baseline product for beef and dairy it was essentially the same thing and it was called Indovac bovi huh. uh and so bovi just means you know cow basically yeah and so you're gonna sp- he split that out into markets and started creating markets for those which was a extremely wise thing to do because beef producers want to give uh a shot or a vaccination yeah. to uh from a beef product yeah. not a dairy and dairy vice versa and so we became we had dairy and beef products that really kind of launched and and moved the company forward Mm -hmm. at the same point in time i think he became uh, very aggressive in the sense of a marketing campaign uh, nationwide Mm -hmm. and really uh, built out a sales force so i circle 2012 uh at that point in time with kind of uh you know the building on what uh, ron and dorothy uh built for those 20 years Mm -hmm. and then kevin really expanding it and since that point in time, over the last 10 years, we've seen tremendous growth, yeah. um, and which has then, as you mentioned, uh, allowed us and really the need for a new facility. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about that in the next segment. But uh, so tell, what does your typical customer look like? Who I know you have four different product lines, but, but is it typically a rancher or farmer that is buying your product direct or is it a veterinarian? So it is a, a combination. Okay. So the combination is between uh, the end user, which would be a rancher, dairyman, who might be a feedlot operator or a large dairy operation. Yeah. Uh, it would be also the veterinarian because mm-hmm. they're the ones who a lot of times are prescribing whatever vaccination the animal needs mm-hmm. on that farm. Yep. And the third unit would be our distributors. So distributors compete with each other and they want those large uh, operations to buy our vac- our vaccination or our uh, yeah. Exclusively from, from them, yeah, yeah. So really, we have three markets, uh, but the but the end user ultimately is is the our focal point. We try to do that through a pull through and and educate them and, yeah. and the veterinarian. So they're all equal. And pull through means that the rancher or farmer is asking for the product uh, from the, from the veterinarian. Or yeah, correct. All right, that's Steve Kinor. He is the uh, president of Indovac Animal Health. When we come back, we'll talk about their new headquarters here in Columbia, Boone County. 
All of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. This is 93.9 The Eagle. Welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Steve Knorr, who is the uh, president of Innovac Animal Health, celebrating its 40th anniversary this year, a Boone County um, uh, founded company. It is uh, born right here uh, and uh, really serving the animal health industry uh, in a major way with some very important vaccines. Uh, as part of your company's growth and, and really taking things to the next level, you decided uh, that um, I hope Dr. Sprouse doesn't get mad at me for being critical of his former headquarters. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it really was uh, compared to what you're in now. I mean, it's it's I mean, you you were driving the, the cheapest of Yugos at one point, And now you're, you're driving what I would call a very expensive Mercedes. And so it's kind of I'm sure that. <laughs> he would not like that reference either, but but you know it's it's one of those things where uh, you guys really took it to the next level, and uh, you're now able to do some research and development, which I think is a uh, uh, a big part of your future. But but talk a little bit about the facility itself. It's on Bass Lane, uh, out behind uh, Channel Eight. Nobody would know that it's there for the most part unless you just happen to be driving down Bass Lane. Well, that's that's correct. And so before I go too far, uh, thank you, past commissioner, for all, <laughs> all of your help and and, and helping to uh, educate for the uh, for the deed of that. And and honestly, at that point in time, you know, the county was excellent to deal with uh, the, the, the second time around. <laughs> but but across the board, really, yeah. I mean, it was it was a great project. Uh, and so we're we're very consolidated water. I mean, just everybody was yeah. really wonderful and in, in helping us to get to that point. But as you mentioned, I mean, the 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 as we call building one was the original building. Uh, they quickly outgrew that, uh, which is where they did the production. And so then they had another facility where it was production and building one and then shipping and, and kind of a cooler, uh, situation over in the other building. And honestly, we had, we'd maxed out on production capabilities in building one. And what I mean by that is our markets grew. We could only produce so much in, uh, the older facility. It was tough for us to bring on new markets. So if we wanted to get into, uh, as an, which we have in the last three years, because the new facilities allowed us to do that into the swine business, you're talking about huge, uh, operations. So if it's Tyson, Smithfield, uh, any any of the large, if they decided they wanted to use us, use us, we would not be able to at that point in time produce uh, for them without cannibalizing some of our existing markets yeah. in dairy or beef, and we simply weren't going to do that. So yeah. we had to make a change. Uh, we were forced to just because of the growing business. So all of those things kind of coincided with us being able to go through that operation and you're right we didn't just kind of take a step up in efficiency and technology we we went up several rungs on that ladder uh from the old facility to the business now yeah it's given us so much more we're so much more efficient today uh and i i use this we use yeast we're a fermentation process to grow our our bug basically and so we use less yeast today we're just like a beer manufacturer think of it that way yeah. except for we want the solid they want the liquid yeah uh but we use less yeast today by almost two-thirds less so a third of what we used to hmm. and we produce almost one and a half times the amount of product so yeah. 
it and just, that's just a, a product of uh, efficiency and and um, just the way you do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we we have uh, in in the new facility. Just to kind of give you a little bit of a description about it, we have three suites: fermentation, formulation, and a fill area. Mm-hmm. In the fermentation suite, we have. Two, uh, 1200 liter stainless steel tanks. Mm-hmm. And so what we used to have, which is, is big, it's, a, uh, it's good. You size. Know, maybe people can't reference liters, but it, it's a big tank. It's a big tank. And so with those, those uh, gave us the opportunity to really, uh, you know, produce at a, at a much more efficient, larger scale. Uh, the same with the formulation suites. We have two tanks there. There are 1700, uh, again, even larger. And that's kind of the finishing, uh, product that we put together mm-hmm. uh, and then in our fill machine area it's an automated just like you would see on tv bottles coming down and and being filled yeah. with four injectables uh so very it's, high tech from yeah, a standpoint it's very impressive to watch i mean you uh uh over the years of the last couple of years we've seen you know uh, a million times uh, the covid vaccine being produced in into little bottles but you have the exact same machinery and automation uh that a lot of these pharmaceutical companies have and it's a pretty impressive thing to watch you know it is and you know that what is what does that give us it gives us the confidence again to go out to, into other markets uh and to be able to you know, aggressively start to expand. Uh, say, that's yeah. one. Well, yeah, we can feel that order. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, is that also gives us consistency. Uh, you know, that we know that it, you know, it's going to be filled to the same amount and it's going to be capped. And so you're always looking for quality. That's part of our mission statement. You know, is is and I brought that along just from a standpoint that you know we strive to be an organization that's going to provide. Uh, you know high quality to our uh consumers yeah and we want to make sure and this new facility certainly helps us do that yeah so it's it's interesting Uh, talk about the size of the overall building how how big is that how many square feet did you build out there it's twenty five thousand square feet okay but there's a building within the building that's really sort of a separate you you have this uh very high-tech clean lab uh talk about that facility yeah so when we built this facility we built it inside out so we built the production a suite first and mm-hmm. it is a white just a, a clean room just like you would see anything else so we're regulated by usda mm-hmm. we have uh hepa filters so we're extremely we're moving a lot of air a lot of clean air we want to make sure that there's no bugs possibly when yeah. i say bugs any any kind of a something that might get in contaminate the the uh, vaccine in some right. way and so uh, that's the inside of the facility. Then from there, we have uh, storage and utility area and then the office suite. So it's kind of three uh, sections in our building yeah. is the way you think about it. It's it's like something out of a movie. You you have to put on a hazmat suit to walk into the space, and and it's I mean it, it's spotless. I mean there's not a there's not a speck of dust anywhere in this facility. I'm sure there is, but not that you can see. Yeah, and, well, I mean, we like to keep it not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's really uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, and I think for just on that point, yeah. when people start to think about. Uh, food production in any way mm-hmm. uh you know obviously our vaccine is just for animals but yeah. ultimately it comes into the grocery store in one form or the other and so in this day and age you're seeing higher and higher uh expectations and standards that have to be met from on a federal regulation or if you're going to try to do something internationally they're even higher uh in standards than the united states in some ways and yeah. so uh, for us, that it's just that's the way it is. Uh, we're very proud of our team. I, I want to take a quick second to just say, uh, Tim Cox is our chief manufacturing officer. Mm, yep. Uh, his whole team they went from the old style to where we are and did it flawless. Yeah. And 
I think they're the best uh, in in if anybody that I've seen or in the country. Mm-hmm. They can handle it, and and so kudos to them to be able to make that transition and just keep right on going yeah this new facility has kind of put you on the map now it's it is it inspected or sanctioned by the usda tell what's that relationship it is yep they are we're approved by cvb so it's the centers for veterinary biologics out of uh ames iowa okay and so uh we we work with them regularly uh either by um you know, them coming and doing personal inspections or us just, you know, having to continuously do paperwork and, and go back from them. So yeah. they've been a great partner as well. They're, you know, again, they're they're very helpful and they want to help us succeed. They see the potential in what you have out there. I think that it's sort of a, and uh, hopefully I'm not tr- uh, sharing any trade secrets here, but, you know, I know that you have had dignitaries and people come in from other countries to take a tour of this facility um, to see if there's opportunities for partnership and expansion uh, so really what you're doing is uh, is definitely state-of-the-art but it's also uh, you're sort of setting some trends it looks like well I, I yes thank you I mean it's one of those things this facility most facilities are uh, if, if it's by a large company as an example they're going to be wholly uh, just for that product for that company yeah uh internationally there may be company there's companies that would love nothing more than to buy us quite yeah. frankly because therefore they get a footprint uh they already have a facility that's approved yeah um but i think for us what we've seen and what we did is this this facility raised our game and so one of the things we ended up doing in the last few years has become iso 9001 certified so that's a quality management program so basically anybody who comes from the outside knows kind of that hey we've met all of those standards they they won't ask the 25 questions because they know for us to be uh, certified by iso we're gonna you know we've already met all of those things so what does iso stand for uh, that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> let me see if it's in here in my notes but, uh, but it, it is you know i think that the the deal is is that there is an international standard uh and and you meet those standards um right i mean it's it's something it, like it's it's like receiving the good house keeping seal of approval that's exactly what yeah. it is yeah. yeah i mean it and and so and it's it's rigorous we'll yeah. have our auditor come in next week uh and we'll have to go through that again through that process yeah. they do that on a yearly basis just to make sure that all of really? all of our standards are being met and that's that's from a management side of things production side of things it's it's across the board it's been very good for us and our team uh but I- I think what's really interesting about about Indovac and and um, and what it means to the future of Boone County, especially from an economic development standpoint, and maybe you guys don't aren't thinking this way, but how many acres are you setting on out there? Well, in that area right there, it's twenty acres where Indovac sits. But you but own those, a lot of the property surrounding you. But correct? the Sprouse the Sprouses have a few hundred acres. There. Yeah, and so there's really, um, you know, there's been talk for a lot of years about uh, what we call an animal health corridor that basically stretches from Columbia to uh, Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, and in Columbia uh, is well, uh, really from St. Louis, when you think about all the animal science activity in St. Louis with, with Perina and uh, Monsanto and, and all the major players there, and Bear, uh, which is Monsanto, I guess. But there, Columbia has an opportunity to play a very pivotal role in that animal health corridor. And uh, you guys are kind of smack dab in the middle of this. Has there been much discussion in recent years about 
um, the role that Columbia might play in this animal health corridor? Well, yeah, there always is, you know, because we are close to Kansas City and St. Louis with yeah. some very big players and we're and being in the animal health corridor. I can just tell you from this standpoint, what do we have in Columbia that the city of St. Louis or Kansas City, we, we have cheap land, yep. <laughs> really, when yes. you get right down to it. Uh-huh. So we have plenty of space yep. for uh, to attract somebody to come into. We have a very highly educated talent pool to pick from. Right. Um, and so we have a lot. You got a pretty impressive ag school. But it was impressive at one time. Maybe it's not anymore. But I mean, but you've got a pretty impressive ag school and, and you have curriculum programs that really support agriculture. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. From from the College of Ag. But, but even on the biochemistry side, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you've got to have the complete because it's not just one one thing. I mean, it's a complete roster that is going to take to build it. We have all of those things here in Columbia for us to be able to do that. Yeah. So. You know, for us, and back specifically kind of where we are, is looking at contract manufacturing. We have this facility that has plenty of space for us to take on additional partners, uh, work. Clients. Partners, correct. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm actually, uh, we're completing a, a non-disclosure agreement with a company uh, out of Memphis uh, at this particular time right now to uh, hopefully here by the first part of uh, 2024 to be able to start that side of the business as well for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And so the, I guess the, the facility that you built, it's very obvious there is plenty of room for expansion. We built it that way. I yeah. mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so uh, and I think that as we see, uh, so, so I guess there's a real potential for f- for future growth and economic development that's that's in that animal health uh, field. And so there, and, and it, you're very close to uh, Discovery Ridge, which, you know, the new reactor is going to be out there and, and will attract, you know, more research, I would guess. Hopefully. I mean, I you know, I think we'd like to see some growth going on there. It, yeah. It's been kind of slow over the last several years yeah. so i mean i hope i hope they ended up doing that but for us again i think what what do we offer you know besides a, a great place here in, in mid missouri we have the facilities and we have a really highly as i already mentioned very good team that can take somebody else's and just and and go with it and yeah. so that's the kinds of things that we offer you know for us to be able to expand plus you have the relationship with the industry i mean the end user i mean you you guys are doing business with ranchers and farmers and uh companies all over the world yeah and just in the same way that i gave a plug for tim cox i should give it to our sales team Mm -hmm. that they're the as mike alden used to say they're the front porch yeah they're the front porch to uh indivac out there across the country and and that's led by uh, jesse brown and his team all right that's the voice of steve Kinor. he is the president of indivac animal health celebrating his 40th anniversary uh right here based in Columbia, Missouri. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation and talk about the future for Indivac and the animal science uh, industry. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the CEO Roundtable this week. We are visiting with Steve Knorr. I'm Fred Perry. Steve is the president of Innovac Animal Health and uh, uh, a very successful, thriving company that uh, not too many people in this town know about. Uh, out on Bass Lane behind Channel 8 in a brand new headquarters, uh, beautiful building. And um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, sort of the expanded footprint of your company. I know you're now doing business in in uh, Canada, but what what is the what are the global opportunities with a company like Indivac? 
Um, well, a lot. I mean, I think we have the opportunity to really expand in that area. Mm-hmm. It's it's something as the company has been built, we've done business internationally, but never uh, concentrated on it like they have on the domestic side. First yeah. of all, uh, internationally is a totally different uh, market uh, setup than than what's. I mean, the United States of America has the very best. Uh, agricultural system in the world yeah uh and they prove it so it's a little different setup no matter what you end up doing but for us when we look at international what a couple things fred that we did in 2019 uh jackie rasmussen who is the director of international trade center at in the uh, college of business uh, at mu uh came to us basically and said hey we've got some students that are going to do a kind of an international study if you will and would you guys like to participate in that and so we said yes so we looked hmm. at several different countries uh canada australia you, you name it mexico hmm. uh and we and with the help of the student group they came back and said hey canada would be a pretty good you know place to expand so we were already doing business there but what we did is we learned a lot and i and i credit jackie because she held a conference had all of the folks from the state and others come in and give us some presentations we learned a ton wow uh that's cool the department of economic development as an example has a program and it's called uh, gmap which is the global market assessment or access program it helps companies like ours Mm -hmm. to do advertising and things like that it just helps us uh you know we're not a fortune 500 company and right. so we were trying to expand into that front so we did that and we used the uh, trade office in toronto we found a new distributor uh built a canadian website because canadians like to have their own website to be able to look at products plus now, they speak a different language right they do you've got to have in, in quebec which is a huge dairy <laughs> which is a huge dairy area yeah if you're not speaking french canadian uh they they'll dismiss you and yeah. so we had to build out a french canadian website wow. now how are french canadian ranchers different from american ranchers uh, uh you don't you don't have to answer that question smaller <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i um uh so canada i mean so that's so and, and so based on this new relationship with the university and the department of economic development uh you have opportunities to really take this thing to the next level on a global standpoint we do and so by them giving kind of giving us some guidance on just some basic blocking blocking tackling kinds of things that you need to do whenever you're going into a different country uh it allowed us to find a better distributor quite frankly with Mm -hmm. a sales force make sure that we're presenting right to them so we're not presenting kind of the american way to them we are trying to put it put in our language but in into their language so Uh, I think all of those things that we've seen really good growth here in the last year in Canada. We're very excited about that. What we want to do now is obviously continue to take that step, uh, that next step and, and, uh, begin to go into some other countries, mm-hmm. uh, either find a partner, uh, quite frankly, that we might be a good partner with, uh, that can take our product and then go forward or even possibly go on our own. Yeah. I, I remember a few years ago, you guys said, and the, the, the county was made aware of this opportunity, but, uh, you had some folks from South America come in, um, and, uh, take a really good hard look at what you're doing. They wanted you to sort of uh, diversify and expand your, your business line a little bit, but, but your, those types of opportunities are presenting themselves, which is really good for Columbia and Boone County. So the one you're referring to was the salmon uh, farming operations in Chile. Yeah. Uh, They, believe it or not, they vaccinate each salmon before they put it in. And so they were wanting us to produce 
uh, their salmon vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that would be our, diversification. That would be just, yes. <laughs> we, we passed on that opportunity, yeah. but I think it just highlights that the need, quite frankly, and that's what we found. There's a huge need for facilities like ours and then the expertise like ours to be able to, uh, you know, manufacture different vaccines. Yeah. And you got to wonder how someone from Chile finds out about uh, somebody in Columbia, Missouri, you know? So, well, it was part, I can tell you that it was part of, so on a research side of things, the other thing that we've done, uh, and I didn't mention is we built a research and evaluation facility Mm -hmm. out at our uh, headquarters as well. Mm -hmm. That allows us to uh, continue to try to expand our line, look for different formulations, things like that, just to better market position ourselves. But with that also gives us the ability to bring in someone else's, uh, They were like, hey, you guys should talk to these guys. Yeah. Uh, and quite frankly, that's how the the company in uh, Memphis found us as well. Yeah. Somebody out of Kansas City pointed them back to us. So yeah. it's a small world. Whenever the word got out, we have a really, really nice facility when mm-hmm. it comes to contract manufacturing. Not all of them are like that. And yeah. so whenever word's kind of gotten out, uh, people are interested. And, you know, we, we try to line up exactly where our strengths are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not just going to take on anybody. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. Well, that's that's great. It's a, it's a great local success story. So when you look at uh, sort of the, uh, I mean, you when you combine your your two life experiences of working in legislative affairs, governmental affairs, and uh, your work now within the agricultural industry, where do those two worlds collide? I mean, what what is um, does ag agriculture get the 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 respect it deserves in, in our government you know at one time that was the we were an agrarian economy and that was you know agriculture was was driving almost everything in our country but but how does this stand today what are the relationships like with government well i think it's uh it varies right mm-hmm. i mean i don't think agriculture is ever going to be uh getting the full respect just growing up on a farm and being in, involved in agriculture all my life mm-hmm. uh and even working in, in washington dc it's it's always a you know you're kind of fighting for respect or position compared to you know other other uh topics or issues so i think on the state level quite frankly i think we have leadership that do understand us uh governor mike parson has a ranch in yeah. southwest missouri mike yep. kehoe has a ranch in mm-hmm. Rolla. So I think on the state side, I think we have leadership that understands agriculture and is looking out for that. Um, you know, on the, on the federal side, it's, it's always just going to be one of those things. I think on a policy issue where you're, it's kind of whatever the issue is of the day and they're going to always struggle compared to some other things. So, uh, you know, I think right now, particularly in agriculture, when you look at the challenges they have, uh, with inflation, uh, you know, even interest rates, they affect agriculture in so many different yeah, ways yeah. and it's it's a tough time right now yeah yeah no question about it so we've talked about the first 40 years of of uh indivac imvac uh what um what do the next 40 years look like for the company you know i think so we we have four areas four focus areas that we've really tried to hone in on and in, in the last several years one is is obviously uh, continue to broaden our base that we have with our mm-hmm. existing line and new markets, i.e., uh, as an example, now that we have production facility into the swine industry. Yep. So we're excited about that. Uh, that's one. Two is is just expanding our research and development efforts. So either new products, new formulations. New species. Or, 
new species. Yeah. So maybe poultry, some things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the second focus area. The poultry industry is is uh, an industry that would could benefit from some vaccination. I think, boy, they have just been riddled with uh, you know the bird flus and the uh, influences and just everything that that seems to be wiping out a big part of uh, their uh, life. You know their their production uh, in recent years. Well, in so there's a few things, right? Mm-hmm. Is that antibiotics continue to be taken out of uh, of these production agriculture, yeah. so particularly in poultry, right? Yeah. And so you you see, uh, you know, companies or restaurants advertise all the time. You know, it's antibiotic free. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you're not gonna if you're not gonna treat them, you've got to be able to help prevent it. That's where our, that's what our product does. And yeah. so, particularly on the uh, on the poultry side, you know, we have some uh, good things going on that front. But it's it's mostly uh, at this point in time just research. We're working with the Southern Poultry Research Group out of Athens, Georgia. Hmm. Uh, they're extremely good. Um, so. You know, it's when it comes to that, uh, you just try to you kind of look at where a lot of these things are going. And again, I think that's the beauty of what Dr. Sprouse came up with, which is it's a it's a product that doesn't just go from one one target. It can go in multiple gram negative types of issues and whether that's salmonella, E. coli, uh, pasturella. So you're thinking about pneumonias, any kinds of things like that, Fred, that might affect an animal. Uh, that's what the vaccine, the beauty part of the vaccine is. So, yeah. let me t- let me ask you a question that that is probably going to get you in trouble if you answer it honestly. Um, you know, you've had uh, quite a bit of experience on the university side, and now you've uh, over how long have you been uh, at Indovac? Four years, five years, six. Ooh, twenty six years. That's amazing. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, um, and so you understand both cultures pretty well. So here is a company that uh, may or may not have been born out of uh, university research or, you know, two uh, university faculty members that uh, were experts in their field. And they were able to transfer that research into marketplace uh, success, you know, and. And I think that that's been one of the complaints about the university over the years is that they do such a lousy job of transferring uh, academic research into technology, uh, into the marketplace. And, and they've just really struggled with this. And, and it's cost, you know, the university millions and millions of dollars just because we haven't been really playing our A game. There is reason to believe that that is changing, you know, uh, but... Um, Talk a little bit about those two cultures, and and if you could wave a magic wand, I mean, you've seen both sides of it now. Uh, what would you do to make um, uh, maybe t- technology transfer from the academic lab to the marketplace a little bit easier and more frequent? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough question because it it is difficult. I mean, you got to have somebody who, quite frankly, is brilliant like Dr. Sprouse and somebody who's stubborn like Dr. Sprouse. Mm-hmm. To get to that point, and yeah. just by his sheer uh, tenacity, yeah, yeah. Is, is the reason it got there. Because at one point in time, nobody knew what to do with it, even though you know he had this product, and yeah. it's just so. How many of those kind of indi- individuals do you have at the university level that have all that skill set to do that? It's tough now. Certainly, the technology side of things of being on, I think this is what we would try to say is you don't have, if you come up with new technology, you don't have to sell it to somebody in Boston or, you know, some large firm. I know they, they would love to make all the money they possibly can. Yeah. yeah but, but we're, a, we're a local, uh, production and we would love to be able to work with them if they have some new products because we have the expertise 
and then taking it and manufacturing it and get it to market. Yeah. When is the actual 40th anniversary? So it'll be the week of August the 21st through the 24th. Coming right uh, up. And we'll have everybody coming in. It'll be a company-wide celebration. Yeah. So we're very excited. We still have sales reps that are all over the country that have not been here yet yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, they're going to be impressed when they see it. It's it's a beautiful place. And uh, hopefully someday you'll have it open to the public to come in and take a look at it. But it's, uh, uh, it's a company that really... Boone County and should be very proud of. It is a it is a homemade uh, success story. Steve Knorr, thank you for your time today. It's great to learn more about Indivac. Thanks, Fred. All right. We'll be back next weekend with another edition of the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry, and you've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it.